1: Now, we want to start this morning. Uh, Your children are, of course, and you'll know this well, growing up in a far different world to the one that you did. While we all take the web and the internet and social media for granted now, have you ever stopped to think what effect it could be having on your son or daughter's development? Did you know that teens are now sexting before they've even kissed. In today's pornified world, how are relationships your child develops impacted and are they emotionally equipped to handle these new challenges? WhatsApp or text us on 086 123 I'm joined on the line by clinical psychologist Dr Mally Coyne this morning. Good morning to you Mally. Good morning Joe, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So am I just a little bit old-fashioned or does sexting before even a first kiss among teenagers seem a bit bizarre to you too?
0: Oh, completely. Absolutely. It's really concerning actually that, um, that teens have such access to online content that we, I suppose, never did when we were younger so it's harder for us to understand it.
1: Do you think as well that that easy access to pornography now and how simple it is to send and to receive graphic images, has it changed the nature of relationships between teens or is that going too far?
0: No, I, I think it, it, it has because if you're watching pornographic content and they say, a study by NUI Galway found that 53% of boys, more than 53% of boys in Ireland... Had first watched porn under the age of thirteen, according to that survey. Um, that that it, it will change because I suppose if you're seeing um, graphic images and if you're sending uh, you know graphic images to another person before you've even kissed, then when you actually meet each other in person, that's going to make that you know du- you know it's it's going to change the dynamic of that and also. If if boys of that age are watching uh, such an amount, of, you know, the, an amount of porn like that, when you think of what is on porn, it's kind of the, um, it's it's you know, very often it can be quite misogynistic, not really respecting women and their needs, and it's it gives them this unrealistic portrayal of of um, of. You know, what What shouldn't be, of, of what should be more, you know, a more kind of within the confines of a loving relationship.
1: Mm. Now, uh, a yeah. mum who's listening to Limerick today this morning says um, that uh, they have a child who hasn't reached the point yet, but will soon. How do you explain pornography to an 11, 12, 13 year old? Do you wait until uh, it um, uh, arises or do you try to get there first? And if so, how?
0: Well, I think there's, there's, kind of an argument there's you know there, there's disagreement really about what we should be doing about this I think definitely there's agreement about um uh helping children of uh, from a very young age I believe from a very young age that conversation of sex sexuality should be beginning from the time our children are very young and I think um you know there is there is an argument about whether we should have porn pornography literacy programs and whether um Porn should be introduced to teenagers with a kind of a by adults with a level of understanding, you know, with with a bit of explanation as to what they're actually viewing. You know, I know some parents would be really kind of aghast at something like that. And um, but I think at the end of the day, if people, if, if well, I do think that
1: sets parents listening a major challenge this morning. What you're yeah, suggesting there,
0: yeah. Well, I think I mean I, I do think in in years to come, hopefully there will be more. Um, pornography literacy programs done out you know outside generally speaking because it's becoming such a massive problem um and you know they they do talk as well about maybe the pornography sites being regulated and only over 18 year olds being able to access those but that would kind of mean that um teens would go deeper into the internet for something even darker you know what i mean yes, i they think do, at the yeah. end of the I, I think it really needs to go back down to Communication between the parent and the child, general communication, not just about sex and sexuality, but about, um, you know, about like even just knowledge of, you know, how long they're spending on the phone, what kind of content they're looking at, and just be just talking about stuff like sexuality and consent.
1: Yes. Oh, we were chatting to clinical psychologist Dr Mally Coyne and a very interesting chat as well. Unfortunately, her line has just uh, gone down there. So what I'll do is I'll play a song and we'll see if we can get her back just uh, to ask her a few more questions. We were talking to Dr Mally Coyne who is a clinical psychologist and she's back on the line uh, with us. Um, Mally, you were setting parents listening a a challenge about the controlled introduction of pornography to teenagers to, to try and give them some perspective. On what they might be seeing anyway. And then what about the age that uh, you should be talking about these things and talking about uh, sex and sexuality in general to kids?
0: I I think from a a young age, as in what I'm talking about with a young age, like I have a six and an eight-year-old, from a young age to talk about their private parts with the names that they actually have. Do you know what I mean? So rather than kind of use little pet names for their private parts, use the actual names for their private parts and it becomes... Isn't it amazing
1: though how people react to that suggestion?
0: I, but it's so natural. Like my daughter's just kind of go, my vagina sore and that's no big deal. What is the big deal? But, but, Why but, are we but, so but, but, kind but,
1: how do other people, when they hear her use that term, react?
0: Well, what I've said to her is, those that's your private business. So when we're sore in that area, we don't go telling everybody that we're sore in that area. Do you know that kind of way? I've obviously also said to her, you know, when she's old enough to understand that that's your private business, if that if that's how you're feeling, you come and tell your mummy or daddy, and and you know that's that's kind of what what you do. do you know, so, I, like I'm
1: not sure if we're gaining listeners or losing listeners or holding on to listeners this morning, because I guarantee you that that too will make some adults listening, some parents listening, very uncomfortable. The idea. How can of we
0: expect our teenagers and our children to be okay with sex in a nice, in a in a loving relationship? And not to be watching, you know, not to be watching porn and be affected by it. If we as parents can't even talk about things in a in a normal way, I think you know we really need to ask, look in the mirror.
1: Yes, but do you believe though that it is commonplace that people will react, including adults, to a child using the word penis?
0: I yes, people w- will feel uncomfortable with that. But, but why? why? Why would we call it? Why do they feel uncomfortable? Yes, that's what I'm asking. Because they oh, yeah. do. Yeah, because I think I think I think there's so much silence that you know people don't like talking about these things and it makes them feel uncomfortable because immediately it makes them think of themselves and themselves in that kind of situation and they immediately feel uncomfortable talking to their kids and they expect that te- that will all be done in school. But at the end of the day, we have, to, it's not about, like I've, I've written articles before, it's not about one conversation about the birds and the bees. It's about continual, you know, as they developmentally get older, bit by bit by bit, you introduce a little bit more. So now I've got an, an eight-year-old who I say to her, you know, mommy and daddy give each other big hug, and that's how babe, that Or mommy and daddy who love each other give each other big hug, and that's how babies come. And I talked to her about the seed and all of that. When she gets a bit older, I'll get more into the mechanics of it. I don't feel she's ready for that yet. Yes.
1: But it's just it's it's, it's but, only. But, but on, on pet names, I mean, parenting. do you do you think people would react? You know, if a five-year-old, for example, uses the word knee to describe their knee.
0: No, they wouldn't react. But if they use the word vagina, they might feel uncomfortable. I remember the day I rang the creche and said, by the way, what word do you use? Because, you know, we have a nice little word for penis, which is willy when they're young. But what's what's a good word for vagina? And I felt really uncomfortable. But then I was just like, I was talking to my friend who said, it's a vagina, what's the big deal? You know, and I was like, well, actually, you're right. So that's what I did. And actually, it's really served us well because... Now, my kids can tell me, I can tell them those are your private parts. Nobody's allowed to touch your private parts unless they're helping you with something and you trust them and it's mommy or daddy or a doctor. And we're really kind of open and explicit about it. And they know exactly. And then they can tell me if something goes wrong uh, or they feel uncomfortable, somebody tried to pull their pants down or something like that. Then we can talk about it in a more open way.
1: Yeah, no, no it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned NUI Galway um, yeah. earlier and uh, the study by Dr. Kate Dawson found that frequently viewing of yeah. pornography is associated with sexual aggression in teenagers, but only in those who already have these negative tendencies. What do you make of that?
0: Yeah, it was an interesting study. I mean, there's 594 uh, male Croatian high school teenagers in the study. I mean, there have been studies on watching aggressive content and the impact on behavior for, you know, 50 years. We've been, you know, we have studies as far back as that. I find it quite, yeah, I do find it interesting. So what she's what they're basically saying is that, you know, unless you have these violent tendencies, then, um, you know, the violent tendencies you already have will lead you to seek out more aggressive, violent sexualized content, which I I can see that that would make sense. I also think, though, that there are other studies that have found back, you know, back many, many years ago, there there were studies done in the 50s that kind of looked at how if uh, somebody watched violent content compared to somebody who watched a completely non-violent video and then they had like you know they were they had the use of a doll or or you know they saw what their behavior was like afterwards that if they watched the more violent content they were more likely to be violent you know more likely to be aggressive in their play than a child who had watched non-violent content you know right. yeah, yeah um which which kind of makes sense
1: right um are you still with me No, you're not. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we were coming to the end of the conversation anyway, but it's a very interesting one this morning. Glad we got you back there, uh, Dr. Mally Coyne, clinical psychologist, with some pretty challenging things to say to all of us this morning. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.